to Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Well, sisters, we are well into this spooky October. We are. This yep. very, very special time of year when we dig out uh, the 40 or so Halloween themed inflatables from our garage. It's not it's not really that many, but it feels that well, way. Well, it looks like that many. It's oh. there yeah. We 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 went deep into inflatables in our family. Yeah, the whole you, family. Yeah. Yeah, do you take after dad? I guess I think it's I get it now though. If your choices for the holidays are climb around on your roof and dangerously try to string lights around or just plug in some, you know, balloons that look like holiday themed creatures or the Tommy Smurl both <laughs> yeah he did both <laughs> no we we avoid the climbing around on the roof we just plug in a bunch of inflatables in yeah. our front yard and you have a stay puffed marshmallow man mm-hmm. you have um a ghost yes what else do you have Minnie and mickey right well that we, wait, that doesn't seem to fit <laughs> well they're like halloween they're spooky mini they're like yeah they're like halloween themed Minnie and mickey and they have a cauldron between them <laughs> so oh all right <laughs> Very spooky. Very spooky. Um, we uh we did not get. I saw like the greatest inflatable ever online. It was at one of the Beetlejuice, one of the um sandworms mm-hmm. that you could get for your front yard. Oh, but that's awesome. I, I know, and I showed it to Charlie, and she was she was terrified by the picture. And I was like, well, you can't. This will probably give her nightmares. I was at I was at Walmart, and they had just come out with all their spooky stuff, and they had. Nightmare Before Christmas is my favorite movie for all seasons. And they had a Jack and Sally inflatable with a little zero in between them. And I was really disappointed that I did not get it to put in the middle of my dorm to greet all of my sweet mates. <laughs> Can you see if somebody just put a giant inflatable in the middle of like the common area and it's like, uh, I think um. that'd be cool. I don't <laughs> see what's wrong with that. Exactly. I'd love that person. I always like to antagonize Justin this time of year and start putting inflatables in the house to be Charlie's friends for a while before mm-hmm. we move them outside, and it drives him nuts. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite are the three snowmen that come out around Christmas and uh-huh. sing the uh, same song. They sing, they sing. I don't remember one of the Christmas carols, like Jingle Bells or something, yeah. over and over and over. And I just plug them in in the house and let Charlie dance around them for an hour <laughs> while Justin loses his mind. <laughs> Uh, I was describing our house that somebody needed to find their way to our house and I was like it's you can't miss it it's the one with the herd of inflatables out front and I realized I don't know what a grouping of inflatables should be called I mean is there a term on the books or is this something that we need to create right now I I don't think there's a term on the books I've been I've been researching and there are a lot of terms for a lot of animals (laughs) Yeah. There are a lot of terms for a lot of animals, and I am amused by all of them. Um, but first, I think a group of inflatables should be called a squoosh. A squoosh? A squoosh of inflatables? Because they all kind of squoosh. Because they're all just just yeah plastic filled or air filled plastic. Yes, that right. is what they so are. Kind of squoosh. squoosh of inflatables. But they're but they're so magical. Like they're filled with childlike wonder. A blessing. <laughs> a blessing of inflatables. Now, see, that's unicorns. Um, which do have an official name, despite the fact that they are, in fact, fictional. Oh, we're going to get some heat for that, Sid. Don't say that. I'm not allowed to say, I'm not allowed to say the unicorns are fictional. 
No, you don't know who's listening to this podcast. What if somebody doesn't know? What if a unicorn's listening? I've stumbled upon an article called 99 Strange Collective Animal Names. Um, I'd like to share some of my favorites, if you will. Okay. A conspiracy of lemurs. (laughs) That is a conspiracy. (laughs) A parliament of owls. I can see that. Uh And, And the spookiest, a cauldron of bats. I like those. See, I like. I I found a slaughter of iguanas. That is that's har- so epic. hardcore. Yeah, it is. Watch out for these iguanas. There's a whole slaughter of them over here. Um, I, I like that that penguins are in fact a waddle of penguins because I just guessed that. I was like, mm, what would I call a bunch of penguins? Now, <laughs> they did specify though that if they're a group of penguins in water, they're a raft. Which I find amusing, because does this insinuate that you could float on a group of penguins in water? I wouldn't try. I Would wouldn't try I either. But <laughs> they're waddles on land and rafts at sea. That is I like... how I, I wish to be taken out to my watery grave, like a Viking <laughs> funeral, but just me on a raft of penguins. A raft of penguins. Uh, I, Charlie and I's favorite that we learned recently are zebras or a dazzle. A dazzle. I think that you can also use the term zeal. Yeah, a zeal. A zeal of zebras or a dazzle. I like that alliteration. Dazzle of zebras. Um, I like that one. They specify for groups of cats between kittens and cats, and of course, you know, like there's a litter of kittens, but there's also an intrigue of kittens. Ooh, an intrigue. What 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 are cats in a group called? A a clouder, a pounce, or glaring. Mm. Oh, a pounce. A pounce. Aww. A pounce I of like cats. That. Maybe cats. maybe we should call our inflatables like a fantasy of inflatables. A fantasy, a fantasy. of inflatables. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. A wonderment of inflatables. Well, since it's the spooky time, um, I I was just uh, informing you ladies about I think the worst thing that I've ever learned about a grouping of animals. <laughs> oh what? yes, uh, that is that is uh, a rat king. Oh, is... and I hate it. It's when a bunch of, I guess, they grow up either in close quarters or they get tangled somehow. I don't understand what happens to these rat babies that they all get their ta- tails tangled and fused together. <sighs> but then they just, like, like live like that. A big pile of rats that so just, like, scurry all uh, around <sighs> each other. <sighs> this is Justin can't listen to this episode. <laughs> He'll never sleep it's, again. It's the worst thing I've ever heard. I just like that it was like, uh, this was seen as like a, a, a bad omen during the plague. It's like, well, no, that's just called plague. That's, that's yeah. what that was. It was a big old plague bomb. <laughs> also, when do you see this this like rat <laughs> concoction and not feel like it's a bad day that, that's going to happen? Like yeah. anytime you see that, I don't know where you are or what's going on, but that's like, well, this day is lost. <laughs> this day is <laughs> I think, done. I, think, I should go to bed. I think that's just, yeah, you give up at that point. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Rat King. Goodbye. I don't like I'm, that it's I'm called over. a Rat King because that insinuates this group of rats with tangled tails is the leader of all rats. Well, if would... you, but to be fair, if you were a rat on your own just a solo rat and you saw that thing and it was like yeah. i'm your leader i think i'd be like yeah you probably are i do feel you, i feel like them? this is very similar to like the current situation our government is <laughs> it's a rat king <laughs> it's a I, rat king i feel like that with our our three our our devil's triangle of branches of government <laughs> um we we currently are being run by just a big rat king they all just have their butts stuck together <laughs> And 
Nobody knows what they're doing. It's a bad omen. How'd that happen? I don't know. You young people didn't vote enough. But look on the bright side. Maybe the plague's (laughs) coming back. Maybe it is. Uh, Go vote if you heard that. Just go vote. I mean, not right now. Like, there's probably not. Unless it's voting time, then go vote when it's voting time. Right now, it is not voting time. You don't know when they're going to listen to the show. I'm saying right now, in this moment in history. Okay. In the present. Okay. Also the past. Also the future. Um. Time. Just yeah, just especially you young people, please, please save please us. Vote. Please vote, young people, save us all. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. No, we're, we did a whole episode on voting. Yeah, I just thought I would throw in there that like, if you don't know if you're registered to vote, it's really easy to find out. You can like, you can Google like, am I registered to vote? And there yeah, are a ton I did of it things. Again. Yeah, yeah, I did it today. I literally mm-hmm. typed in check my voter registration. Yep. Google said, here's how you check your voter registration. You type in your first and last name and your birthday. Someone else can even do it for you. Mm-hmm. It tells you your districts, your precinct, and if you're an active voter or not. It's super easy, and I would highly recommend it because in a lot of states, they are purging people from voter rolls without necessarily informing them that they're doing so, mm-hmm. and maybe without reason to do so in some cases. So, Check uh, it out. Check that out. Um, anyway, documentaries are cool. Sydney, you didn't even try. I'm sorry. We're recording much later than we usually do. Shouldn't that, shouldn't that, have you like warmed up from the day? A whole day of talking? So now you go to do it and you're just like, wow, the words are flowing so easily. You'll learn this when you're, when you're very, very old, like I am, that you you don't warm up. You you wear down. (laughs) I woke up tired. It just got worse. (laughs) I'm exhausted and uh, I just like documentaries. But I guess you young people do, too. We do. Um, but we we only like them, I guess, when YouTubers are making them. Mm-hmm. And calling them documentaries about other YouTubers. No. It's very meta. It's a very meta thing. Yeah. Is that, what do you... I, now, are these all young people? Because it's interesting to me, the idea... And I think this has changed over time. Like, when you think about, like, the documentaries of your... The documentaries of the olden days, they're usually like in-depth stories like covering a very important event mm-hmm. or a very, um, you know, prominent figure in history or something like that. Well, <laughs> let me tell you. No. Um, are you implying that, that our YouTube celebrities of today aren't, aren't important figures in history? Prominent figures in history? Are you saying that Tanacon is not a significant event in this country's past listen much like much like the doctor i am never going to say that there is a human that isn't important i've never met a single human who isn't important but i i think there is a line between important and we should make a whole documentary about so i'm asking i am not i'm not state no the doctor didn't say all that other part. <laughs> I, <laughs> pretty mean statement from the doctor no, I, i've never Specific. met a human that isn't important but i I do wonder what these documentaries could say. That's I'm asking. I'm I'm inquiring um, as I have not seen them. I am not making any judgment calls. I'm inquiring. I watch YouTuber Shane Dawson's documentary series. He is not a teen. No. He's also not a 20 teen. He is an adult. And um, YouTube is that, has wait, been is, that, is that what happens? You become a teen and then a 20 teen? Is that what you said? And then you're and an everybody adult. Everybody else is an adult. 
Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> like <laughs> this is like when Char- when Charlie tries to count past twenty, and like, she goes like. You know. She'll go. She'll go nineteen. No, she'll go twenty, and then she gets all the way up to twenty nine, and then she'll go twenty ten, twenty eleven, and I'm like, no, no, stop. And then we go over it again. And what's a twenty teen? It's like when you're over twenty years old, but older people still treat you like you're a kid. And you're like, oh, you're only twenty. You're only twenty one. Like treat you like you're still like a teenager, like a kid. It's like a young adult. Like a young adult, <laughs> but people will never call you an adult. A twenty teen. Is that what you kids call it now? Is that what it is? I just made it up. Oh, okay. Is That's there, my word. Is there such thing as a 30 teen? I th- I'm that? <laughs> yeah. I'm that. Yeah. It, any age can be a teen at heart. As long as you're uh, just kind of like it. irresponsible and not quite pulling off adulting, you're, you're some other form of teen. I still have the pores of a teenager. Does that count? <laughs> um. <laughs> Anyways, he has been doing YouTube for many, many years. Over a decade, I'm pretty sure. And he recently changed up all the videos he was doing and released a series of documentary series, which I call documentary series because it's him interviewing people that he thinks have, you know, they've had something interesting happen to them or they're interesting people or he Mm -hmm. wants to find out. Like, he did one about TanaCon, which I think we talked about briefly before. Yes. If you don't know what it is, a YouTuber named Tana Mojo tried to throw her own convention and it was an actual disaster. Um, And he went to find out what happened to make it an actual Mm -hmm. disaster. So he went and he interviewed her. He interviewed the company uh, CEO who was supposed to organize this event. He did research into like their emails and the conversations between them. He had both of them talk to each other on camera to see what actually happened between them. So that's well done. I so mean, it was well done. He had someone. I mean, else, I'm assuming I've right. seen it, but like that sounds appro- had, like appropriate. Yeah, it's several parts, and he spaced them out over time. They were each the length of like a TV episode, like 45 minutes to an hour. They weren't short little 10 minute YouTube videos. Um, he's done one on Jeffrey Star, who's a uh, makeup artist and youtuber and makeup line creator he's now doing one on jake paul which a lot of people have problems with um that i am not caught up on um he's like not a nice guy yeah is not a nice guy jake paul is the younger brother of logan paul who did some very not good things on youtube right um you have explained this to me before yeah but Shane Dawson has basically started doing all of these. Like, he did one about YouTuber Taylor telling me you'd watch that one as well about a YouTuber named Graveyard Girl who has also been on YouTube for a long time. Yeah. About why her channel is losing followers and what she can do to improve her channel. So, they're not all, like, serious or controversial. Some of them are just, like, um, a spotlight on a specific person. Hmm. But they're spaced out. You spend time editing them. He has someone else film them for him. And people are calling them the, the future of YouTube are documentaries about YouTubers? By YouTubers. Uh, that is <laughs> interesting. I, I mean... Well, hmm. I, I, I don't know. Like, they got a good it, it gig makes over a there nervous. on YouTube, huh? <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel, I feel like we're, we're heading towards a future where it's just like entertainment just becomes two people with their phones pointed at each other just staring. Think, yeah. 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 Well, no, somebody's <laughs> got to jump on that shane dawson documentary exactly about shane uh-huh. dawson make one about shane dawson while he's making, making the documentary series about yeah. the youtubers do you this think he so let meta. me do you think if i emailed him and was like hey i live in west virginia i'll come to la where you live for i uh, i don't have 
I don't. I don't. I, I'll do it for you. I'll make a documentary about you, and then I'll be the future of YouTube. Um, what? <laughs> I think... The, the future of YouTube is just other YouTubers videoing other YouTubers. Uh, yep. Yes. <laughs> In an endless cycle. It's another I, rat king. <laughs> it's a rat king. <laughs> the rat king of YouTubers. Um, what... Do these do these have like a perspective, like a point? Is there like a are they trying to is he trying to say something about YouTubers in general or about YouTube or about the I the mean, medium or is he just like here's a person and here's their things about them? Yeah, I think each one is a little bit different. I think the one about Jake Paul he's doing recently, a lot of it is about YouTube and what it how it affects people who are in it and how it leads to people doing things they maybe shouldn't do Mm -hmm. not excusing anyone's behavior but kind of trying to find out like there's something going on here and i want to know what is causing people to act like this because he's not the only one acting like this on youtube he's just the most famous one for doing bad crazy stuff that's interesting i have noticed that from watching youtube videos charlie now commonly refers to us as hey guys Hey guys. Oh, hey guys. Because that's like every YouTube video, right? Don't yeah. they? All, I, as far as I can tell, they all start that way with somebody going, hey guys. Yeah. Charlie's becoming a YouTuber. Is Charlie the future of YouTube? I had to do, um, we we bought her a box of old Pee Wee's Playhouse like collector's cards, like trading cards. Uh-huh. Um, and it was a whole box of packs of cards. So there's just like dozens of packs of these cards, which probably came out back in the well, like you know nine early 90s or whatever yeah. and she wanted to make a a weird video of her opening them oh um, it's her first unboxing it yes. is and did you do it uh i mean i'm not gonna post it anywhere but yes this video now exists on my phone um but i don't think she, she got like she gets like the broad strokes but mm-hmm. i don't think she quite understands what they're doing because she was opening and she was like we've kind of we've got this here and oh my gosh i can't believe we got this and and then like she'd end that and just kind of drop it and be like like and subscribe (laughs) i mean that's that's what they do it's not that far off well i don't know how i feel about that i (laughs) i know I'm never don't. I'm never putting these things on right, YouTube. Please right. understand before I get emails. I would she never liked, put this on she YouTube. She has liked pretending to make weird videos for a very long time, though. And she mm-hmm. was really into candy reviews. Yeah. Um. When we were together once on a trip, she made me film a candy reviews video of her while she was trying candy that she did not like, mm-hmm. and making me try it and tell her what to say about it. <laughs> so, she's very into the the youtube scene yeah they have well they have lots of um children on youtube who review various uh child oriented products there are a lot of like single digit age children on youtube making Mm -hmm. like millions of dollars from doing that it's crazy we we used to watch a specific youtube like show that charlie really enjoyed that was a candy review show and we, Justin and I would like, because at one point they just started like doing tours of their house. Mm-hmm. Like they weren't reviewing candy. They were like, come check out our house and our pool. Yeah. And we're like, look, and it was like, they were like, this is our new house and our pool. And it's like, this there's is how much money. You're this making. is the YouTube money. And like yeah. the dad films it. And you know, that dad is just like 
This is so awesome. I quit my job. I bought this giant house. I have a pool that shoots like jets of water up in the air in random places and has neon lights. And a water slide. He has an outdoor tiki bar. And it's like, I do this because my kids get free candy now and talk about (laughs) it on the internet. The amount of money and YouTube is crazy. Well, that was was the the one with the graveyard or with graveyard girl. It's kind of like, what? What's going on with your channel? Like, why? Why aren't you getting more listeners? Why are people leaving you? And then you kind of see her house. And I think she's kind of like, well, it's kind of chill because I live in a mansion now. Yeah. (laughs) It's like she never would show her house on YouTube because she didn't want people thinking she was like showing off how much money she makes and she didn't want people knowing so like she has a really nice car like a really expensive sports car but whenever she'd film car vlogs she mm-hmm. would go in her old car she's had for you know 20 years and super beat up and film in there so people thought that was the car she had that's really interesting yeah now that now see i see a budding documentary in what you just said because you're taking people who uh we're living their regular life Mm -hmm. you know not necessarily like fabulously wealthy just living you know kind of status quo life and then they started doing a thing on youtube probably not expecting to become a millionaire i mean just like hey this would be cool if i made some money and now they're just you know they've skyrocketed into this whole other strata but they have to preserve this other identity in order for people to watch their videos that's kind of interesting yeah that's a cool, that's a cool theme for a documentary. I'd watch that. Would you? Well, I mean, I'd like to know who this person is that we are discussing. But you can watch Shane Dawson's documentary. I'll, and I'll find have to out. watch the documentary to find out because I don't know who. I don't. I don't. The only YouTube videos I watch are about candy. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is that that edge to YouTube. It's the authenticity. It's like these are just regular people like me. I mean, it's weird how media in general, not to get on a weird side, has shifted so much to that. Like, mm-hmm. you kind of look back at, like, the beginnings, like, with reality TV, you know, like, when Survivor came on, and everybody was like, it's just regular people. We yeah. Just, and it was it was such a phenomenon, and then, you know, the explosion of that to follow on down to now, where I think a lot of us, the, the media we consume on a daily basis, it's a mix of, like, YouTube, other people's Instagram stories, like, other people's Facebook posts. Like, it's so much, like, just other people's lives. Like, what is that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Podcasts. Hello. <laughs> what we're doing now. Hello. Welcome yeah. to our lives. <laughs> Just get really meta there. Uh, I w- we need to talk a little bit more about the U- the documentaries of the past. We do. I was going to say the YouTube of the past, but that was not. There was no YouTube of the past. It was like, no, it didn't exist. I think at this um, point before, there was YouTube. Of, it's been a long time. That's true. Uh, but before we do that. Let's check the group message. Sisters, I have a sponsor I want to tell you about this week. Wow, you started it off. Go for it. You must be excited. I am, because it's Warby Parker. Um, I love Warby Parker. Warby Parker is something that I have (laughs) tried, that we have all had experience with, and it's a glasses company. Um, And they have a very special uh, at-home try-on process where you can order five pairs of glasses, try them on for five days, and there's no obligation to buy any of them. It ships free and includes a prepaid return shipping label. So if you go to warbyparker.com slash stillbuffering, you can order your free home try-on today. Um, they have all sorts of pairs of glasses, all sorts of frames and lenses. Um, their glasses start at $95, including prescription lenses. And their lenses include anti-glare and anti-scratch coatings. And for every pair you buy, a pair is distributed to someone in need. 
which yeah. is super cool. Yeah, it's a really cool. That's a really cool bonus. And I, and I can vouch. I also wore my glasses are Warby Parker, mm-hmm. the ones I wear every single day. And they also had sunglasses, prescription sunglasses. Yeah, which was like that was a revelation for me. Yeah, that was so exciting as somebody who is uh, like I have switched to mostly wearing glasses, and then I'd go out in the sun and be instantly blinded. Right. Or put on my sunglasses and not be able to see two or feet that, in front of me. Do that little move double. Like, the, yep. Yeah, the double. Either yeah. put your sunglasses over your glasses or behind them. You're it's guaranteed to get look. a headache. Mm-hmm. No. So Warby Parker saved me. Um, if you go to warbyparker.com slash still buffering, you can try that free home try on. And after you place your home try on order, make sure to download the Warby Parker app from the iTunes app store because apps are the future. <laughs> but seriously, try it out. Get some frame. Get a, get a couple frames. You don't know if you. Yeah. You don't know. Because there's no obligation to buy any of them. You that's try right. them on for five days. It's free. You ship it back for a label. It's prepaid. Try it whatever you it's, want. It's a really cool thing. So yeah. you can you can try out some things that maybe you're not sure if you're going to like or not, but you want to see if something a little different. Like you, you get that opportunity. It's a really cool service. Yeah. So go check that out. Uh, we have another sponsor we want to tell you about this week. And let's say, let's say that you want to make a website about uh, your great Halloween inflatables yes. and about your wonderment of inflatables that you have in your front yard. Yes. That's a fantasy. That's no, a wonder. wonder what's uh, your fantasy like. of inflatables. <laughs> Either way, I like them both. I don't know. I, I haven't set. Maybe your website is about what should we call a group of inflatables, wonderment or fantasy. Oh, that's, that would be good. That'd be useful. That's good. Or submit your own. Yeah. Uh, and you don't know how to do that. I don't know how to do that. Well, Squarespace knows how to do that. They can help you create this beautiful, inflatably themed website <laughs> with um, uh, with all kinds of beautiful templates that are created by world-class designers. They have uh, e-commerce functionality, so you can, I don't know, sell inflatables? I'm, so, I'm continuing to build this website um, analogy. Merchandise that either says like fantasy or wonderment on it, like team fantasy, team wonderment. Support your team. Yeah. They have free and secure hosting, nothing to patch or upgrade ever. Um, so this great idea could become a website or maybe you've got actual work that like people will want to look yeah. at. And then you could turn that into a website too with Squarespace. <laughs> Not just inflatable themed. Anything you want. Uh, Taylor, if our listeners want to check out Squarespace, where should they go? Uh, well, you should go to squarespace.com slash buffering for a free trial. And uh, when you're ready to launch your site, you can use the offer code buffering. You'll get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. So that's squarespace.com slash buffering. So check that out today. Uh, I We talked about before on the show that... Um, I I used to be into documentaries, but but they were just like the ones that showed up on TV periodically. Mm-hmm. Tay, I don't know if you ever did. You ever like cruise like the History Channel and stuff for the documentaries? I, I cruise the History Channel every now and then <laughs> for sure. <laughs> well, it's like every once in a while I just get bored and be like, well, what? Teach me something, History Channel, or uh, not so much the Learning Channel, even though you'd think. Mm-hmm. TLC has got some wild ideas about what learning means. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like the History Channel or Discovery or National Geographic, and they'd have some like cool documentary about, like I referenced before, like Burning Man. And then all of a sudden you realize that you're in love with the idea of Burning Man and you want to go mm-hmm. someday. Um, the History Channel, not Taylor, just me. <laughs> just me. <laughs> um, 
the History Channel this month in particular, in the month of October, has wild documentaries. Because Let's they're... Especially on the spooky money. Exactly. Yeah. But they're called the History Channel... And they do documentary, I guess they're, do- I mean, they're documentaries, I guess they're like researched, you know, mm-hmm. whole like accountings of a thing, except they're not history because they're like, like mythological creatures. I mean, <laughs> have they ever done one on, on a, uh, what's it called? On a blessing of unicorns? Probably. I don't know. Yeah. See, th- those are my favorite ones, though. Like, I, I would say, like, yes, I, I watch a lot of lot of documentaries on the History Channel, but it's 99%, like, the spooky ones, the Ghost Hunter episodes, or, <laughs> or mm-hmm. oh, gosh, par- Paranormal, what is there? There's one, Paranormal Rescue? What is it? There are a lot of good ones. They all struggle <laughs> around, like, the same four words, Ghost Hunter, Paranormal Hunter, Ghost Paranormal. <laughs> uh, they're good, though. There's, that like, there's really... one about, like, haunted pets. Like, pets that seek oh. pets. That's a good one. History. That sounds good. Dag is really into the alien ones. Ancient aliens. Oh, yeah. that that was a great series. Occasionally, he'll just, just zoom around the channels, find some sort of, like, the aliens built this, or, you know, mm-hmm. discovering aliens, or ancient aliens, and just stay on that for yeah. a day. Yeah, he's way into ancient aliens. Mm-hmm. Yes, don't get him started get unless him started you really want to know. Oh, yeah. Next time I'm I'm home, I'm gonna so get him started. I want to hear oh. that conversation because he he believes it. He will get started. <laughs> yes, he has a very convincing argument for ancient aliens. He does. Um, but th- those were I feel like that back in the day it was like you just discovered documentaries by accident when you were bored and didn't know what else to watch on TV. And so those were a lot of the documentaries of like my actual teenage years. And then in college, I think that was like we're starting to get into the rise of like TV that you have like on demand. Like mm-hmm. you can just get things all the time. Um, and that that's when I started to discover what Netflix came to call Justin and I's slice of life mm-hmm. category, <laughs> which were documentaries about just more so what we were kind of talking about regular people. Just yeah. people, and then they they would have some kind of strange interest or quirk about them or something. Um, like, I, I think the first one of these that we were ever exposed to was I Think We're Alone Now. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, which was about people obsessed with Tiffany. Okay. Did you ever watch that one? I did not. That's a good one. And, and this was, like, we watched that, and we were like, whoa. <laughs> There, like it just all. Of, I think it was. I think it's kind of cool because all of a sudden, you realize that there are all these people. I mean, you know this on some level, but these documentaries allow you to see all these people who are just like living these lives that you don't, that are so different from yours, and you yeah. don't have any connection with. And then you get to see it, and it's it's fascinating. It I, is. I worry it's a little voyeuristic sometimes. I will say. It does seem like every week Sydney and Justin come to dinner with a new like you guys got to watch this documentary. Yeah, there's one you did about tickling competitions, or you saw about tickling tickled. Yeah. Oh, have you not watched it? <laughs> no, I can't say it. Just watch it. Just watch this documentary. I the best are the ones and and you see this like um exit through the gift shop mm-hmm. was like this oh, where it where it turns. Like, it's not about, it sets out to be about one thing, and then it's it's not, I mean, it's about something else by the end. Right. I love those. 
watch Tickled. That's a good one. Mm. Um, um, I really like true crime documentaries. There are a ton of those these days. Like, I mean, we talked about um, American Vandal, the parody version. Yeah. But the real ones, like, I will binge through some of those. Making a murderer. Making a murderer. Oh. Evil the genius. The evil staircase. Genius. Yep. Um, it's just like, I gotta have it. That stuff the is mystery. really that stuff is really popular these days. But, yeah, um, seems, you know, it, it seems weird that we're living in such the darkest timeline. You would think we would all want happy, fluffy escapes from reality, but it's like, no, I need to watch this documentary about some brutal murder. Murder, because for some reason that makes me feel better. <laughs> exactly. Well, and I think <laughs> like, I could be dead. I guess. Yes. <laughs> and it's it's interesting because like if you go back a little further, this concept of the I mean, the concept of the documentary as a, a f- of political force or a social force or like a an instrument, you know, with a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that predates us, of course. Like, I'd say probably like the 60s and 70s is when you really start seeing the rise of that, like using the media to influence. Um, but certainly we saw a lot of that growing up with like Michael Moore documentaries. Mm. I mean how many like I, I remember watching Bowling for Columbine the first time and just I mean feeling like I, I don't know feeling like the world was this totally different place than what I knew it was mm-hmm. I don't think I would be shocked like that now at 35 but back when I first started watching his documentaries I mean for sure yeah um you know I was thinking we were talking <clears throat> about true crime I was thinking about modern because i know we're talking about netflix that is modern but there is a buzzfeed youtube series called buzzfeed unsolved Mm -hmm. and it is all about they have a paranormal section and they have a true crime section they alternate every however often they do videos and they do them about unsolved mysteries they do a whole research and theories and background on the cases and um it is really popular it's like a tv Hmm. series i mean it's like professionally edited they have graphics and pictures and all sorts of research is really cool. And now BuzzFeed has their own documentary series, not the same, not unsolved, on mm-hmm. Netflix. And so does um, Vox. Do you, do you think that that is, like, the direction? Because I was thinking about some, like, old, old documentaries. Like, one that I really love is Grey Gardens, mm-hmm. which I could watch any time because I find it fascinating. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean... I'm not going to say it doesn't have an opinion because I think most film does, especially Mm -hmm. good film. It has an opinion, even if it's not, it's not narrated. It's not stated, but I mean, you know what you're supposed to think and feel, I think to some degree. Um, But it's not, it's not shaped. It just is. Mm -hmm. Here are these people here. They are existing. Here's what's happening. Nobody is telling you anything about it. You are allowed to interact with it and then it ends. Mm-hmm. And then like the, the lens turns away to something else. Um, and I really like those kinds of documentaries. I feel like like there was one called Vernon, Florida. And I feel like that was a very similar kind of thing. Just like here are these people in this place mm-hmm. and here's what they say. And now we'll go somewhere else by. And that was the end of it. I don't see a lot of that today. I mean, do you feel yeah. like it's, it's, it's more structured? You know what I mean? Like, people need a story and music and interviews and cuts and, you know what I mean? It's a lot flashier. 
I mean, if you think about something like Evil Genius. Right. Which, I mean, was only, what, three parts? Three episodes? Or four? Four, maybe. It was really short. It was short. But it, I don't know if it's just like... I mean, if you think about... If you're talking about YouTube, they have that kind of thing because they want people to watch the full thing. Because you get more money based on the length and percentage of video people are watching. Like, it doesn't count if someone just watches the first 30 seconds of your video. But if you have a 10-minute video and someone watches all 10 minutes or 9 and a half minutes, then that's how you get the most revenue out of your videos. So they do stuff like that to keep people watching the whole time, I think. Mm-hmm. And I would think the same principle would apply to something like Netflix. Like, they want people to keep watching because they tend to do... I feel like they tend to do more series than they do movies. Yeah. Like, I feel like someone's more likely to sit down and watch a few 30 to 45 minute episodes of a documentary series than one, one like, one hour, hour and a half long movie. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's probably the same principle. They want people to come back and watch more episodes. And I think we're, we consume media differently than we used to, and our attention spans have kind of changed. I mean, I, I'm guilty of, like, I'll put something on Netflix, and then I'll watch a few minutes of it, and then I'll get distracted by my phone, and it's like, <laughs> I feel yeah. like... We kind of, you know, we have this sort of like this Snapchat culture where you kind of have to make things a little bit flashier and a little bit more eye-catching mm-hmm. to keep people involved, e- engaged, even if it's supposed to be something that is based in authenticity, which like, I know those documentaries mm-hmm. you're talking about that they just like, kind of had that very stoic lens to it. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know if that, if it's the people that are making them grew up in a, in with different influences so mm-hmm. they're making sure. the things that they're the product of that generation but also to appeal to the people that are going to consume it that's true i mean because i think like one of one of my other favorites is the rock fire explosion mm-hmm. which i've always loved that the documentary about the rock fire explosion the band from billy bobs right which then became Chuck E. cheeses except if you live in huntington west virginia still billy bobs where it is still billy bobs and we have a rock fire explosion. Dude. Possibly the last. <laughs> really? Possibly the last publicly displayed. Really? Because as you, learn in the, as you learn in the documentary, people have them in their homes now. Right. But I, I don't, if there's, there might be one other one out there, but they're like, it, it was bought and it turned into Chuck E. Cheese's and the rock fire explosion became a whole other thing, except yeah. it didn't here. And that, so we may have the Sometimes last. Sometimes it's like we're living in the past here in Huntington. There is a McDonald's <laughs> in the middle of West Virginia that still serves pizza that you can go to. Is there? There's what? a McDonald's in West Virginia. I forget which. It's a it's small town in West Virginia that still serves pizza. When did McDonald's wow. have pizza? A long time ago. I don't, in the 90s or something. They're still the they same had, pizzas. They had pizza for like yeah. a minute and then they didn't have pizza because. Why? Why would McDonald's have pizza? Why would McDonald's have pizza? Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember when Burger King had tacos for a minute? No. They were the worst tacos on earth. Anyway, I don't know, <laughs> just you, a you, side note. You gave in to all these weird food experiments. I, I think I. This is. I, think I, blocked I, I did. I did. I was this in is... college. Burger King came out with tacos, and then it was the same. It was. It was around March because they had like their green. Shake shamrock like a green sham, yeah, the shamrock shake. And I remember getting a taco and a shamrock shake and just regretting the whole experience. That's like this the is worst a documentary. <laughs> you want to do a documentary about um fast food items of the past? I think that would be uh, a great documentary, actually. Like weird one time only, you know, like yeah, 
like a trek around the United States finding that one last McDonald's or the one last if, Burger King. If I was ever worried that Justin was his interest in me was starting to wane and I wanted to like like reignite the spark, me proposing that we do a documentary <laughs> about about like long lost fast food items together would do that. That yeah. would like that that could I need to keep this in my back pocket because yeah. that's a marriage saver right there. Well, he's not going to listen to this episode anyways because we started talking about <laughs> Rat Kings in the beginning. You're welcome. No, seriously. When the when the kids go away to school someday, I'm going to propose this and that'll be your your life plan. He'll feel like the luckiest the luckiest man on earth. <laughs> um, so we'll make a documentary about that. That's mm-hmm. good. <laughs> um, no, but I I do I do feel like that. And I love these documentaries, all these true crime things. Like, yeah. I'm not I'm not throwing shade on them because I think that they're... And it makes sense. Like, they draw you in and you have to know what happens. And even if this is a story that you typically either wouldn't necessarily care about or, moreover, for me, I, I'm not one for a lot of the grim stuff. Like, right. I don't... I don't intentionally go consume a lot of sad, upsetting, disturbing, depressing stuff. Yeah. Um personally but i certainly do in those in those kind of documentaries because i i want to know what happened yeah and i i I do feel like when you when they do that though they're they have to take a position and you feel the position i think from watching it like you know what the filmmakers probably think i think that the documentaries you were talking about of of the past um were more of here is a camera sitting in someone's real life and you're just getting to like watch the footage from it like Mm -hmm. this is just someone living life and that like something you know crazy or weird is happening but we're just gonna let you watch it and i feel like now it's almost like people watch documentaries and then don't think about them in terms of reality like they are documentaries because they're like real stories of things actually happening Mm -hmm. but it's not like you're watching someone just live their life anymore it's like you're watching this whole story that someone has created unfold even though it all actually happened Mm -hmm. it's like they they have now begun to lay them out in ways where you could almost forget that all of it actually happened and you're just watching a story someone's created right i feel like because people need more of that entertainment thing than before like you need more of that like thriller type i need someone Mm -hmm. to write this crazy roller coaster story so I don't know if it's documentarians or producers or editors. I'm not throwing shade. I watch all of them. I will mm-hmm. l- gladly watch any documentary you give me. But like they kind of twist it into more of a story than just showing you raw footage from a real event. I do think, Tay, you were saying earlier that people more and more now are like they want to watch real people like more so than when we were younger because it really was like when Survivor or like real world the idea that like these are average people and not you know actors um was pretty revolutionary i I do think that that is a big shift like riley you talking about all the documentaries you watch and Mm -hmm. i mean you're just barely in college yeah i really was not watching a ton of documentaries until well into college and then after right well and i think you know to a certain extent the desire to seek out like authenticity and and did to watch real people and sometimes like mundane situations. I think it's kind of weird that it runs counter to a society that I think is kind of growing more isolated. It's like, mm-hmm. and I mean, I, I know this from like personal experience that like sometimes I'll put on like a YouTube channel with like a YouTuber that I like that I can just hear talk about like 
lipstick that I'll never buy or, you know, an unboxing for a box I'll never buy because it's just like, I don't know. It's like someone's in the room with me. And yeah, I think that that's, that's really where that market is, is that sometimes it feels like you just, you know, it's a, it's a real person. It's not a movie. You're, you're connecting, even if you're, you're maybe, and you are in a way, you know? Yeah. That's so interesting because I feel when I have that urge, I turn on like HGTV or the Food Network. (laughs) (laughs) And like as opposed to watching a movie because I feel like, well, that's in the past and that can't be present with me now. But like if they're on TV right now, that's like now and they're with me. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, Ted Allen, let's watch some Chop together. Well, And I think that that is that feeling. Like, I I don't want to watch a a movie. I don't want a distraction because it's still going to make me feel, like, isolated. But for some reason, like, a a documentary about everyday people or, you know, like, a a YouTube channel uh, of, like, a friendly, personable YouTuber, it just, it's a connection. And it is, it is current. It feels, you know, real, even if it's all fake and made up. Yeah. I mean, I guess most, like, vlogger YouTubers who are just documenting their real life are, like, short, short documentaries. Well, this yeah. Is, everything's a documentary now. Everything. I mean, of course, there are YouTubers that, like, do other things other than just film their real life. But the ones that do, it's just vlogs or documentaries. Yeah. Everything's just a documentary. Everything's just a documentary. I think the only thing you have to be careful about, I will say, since we've praised documentaries a lot, the only thing that I've noticed, because I've watched as a, in my role as a doctor, sometimes I will intentionally watch a documentary that I know is going to make me mad. Not because I want to get mad, but because I feel like I I need to know what people I'm going to take care of maybe are watching (laughs) So I know what they're being told. Yeah. And that the sometimes, I mean, that is one thing about a documentary. And I think more and more that gets harder with all of the different ways people can present their quote unquote real life mm-hmm. is that truth and fiction get so intermingled. And when it comes to like diet advice and health advice, there are some wild documentaries out there that like, Per, that are that are always claiming that like they have the secret key to health that doctors don't want you to know. I don't know why we don't want people to know it, but apparently we don't. <laughs> and um and the way that they lay out the cases, and you can find an expert who will say anything. Yeah. Right. I mean, just be just because you have a degree in something does not mean you're necessarily right or particularly intelligent in that subject. Mm-hmm. And you can find experts who will say almost anything. And documentaries are, are very good at that, yeah. of like building a case where by the end you're nodding and going like, you are absolutely right. I am only eating green beans for the rest of my life. That is the right, that's the way to healthiness. And yeah. it's like, wait, hold on. Wait, what? <laughs> what was that? So that's the, that's the only failing of like, especially now when I feel like the truth is constantly under assault in this country and not just ours, but like, it's so hard to f- to ferret out what's real and what's not Mm -hmm. and a really compelling and well-made documentary can convince a lot of people of a lie Mm -hmm. because i think we are predisposed now like if it's on a documentary it must be real right right yeah and i I think you know that the more the more cut and produced something is the more it comes with the possible like side effect of like uh, how how, what are you making me think is true and what's really true because yes Mm -hmm. It's easy to convince people of that. I'm I'm always suspect of that. Yeah. 
Well, and it's the same too, like with all of our social media, like we all create little documentaries all day long about ourselves and our lives, but I don't know how often they're true. I mean, I've owned mm-hmm. up to in the past, like when I'm in a bummer place, I'm going to post a bunch of happy pictures. Like, no, oh, I swear I'm really good right now. Look at how much fun I'm having. Oh God. <laughs> it's a total lie. Yeah. I, I think, I think we're all guilty of that. Everything's a documentary. <laughs> Do you want to uh, suggest a documentary you love? I won't put you on the spot and say favorite unless you have a favorite on the. I, I, mean, I can go first if you want a second to think. I was thinking about yeah, one I haven't ahead. mentioned, one called Finders Keepers. Oh, you told me about this one. A guy finds a foot in a grill. Yeah. In a in like a storage compartment that he bought. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that. Anyway, it's a great documentary. I want to make a musical out of it someday. <laughs> it would make a great musical. Um, Don't steal my idea. Okay. You know, uh, I really like, I mean, if we're talking about I'm a teen, I guess I really like BuzzFeed Unsolved's true crime series on YouTube. But also, Making a Murderer, I think it's just my favorite. And season, I don't want to say season two, but new episodes of Making a Murderer are coming out in like a week and a half. Wow. It was very good. So. It was very good. Uh... I think two come to mind. One is going to be made into a movie soon, like a real movie, I guess. Uh, but Marin Call. So yeah. yeah, that's it's a bum. It's a bit of a bummer, but it's a really beautiful, beautiful documentary about a. Uh, I don't want to give much away, but a guy that basically makes miniatures and sort of creates this whole little world, and uh, then you kind of understand why he why he does that and how how like what he's working through in his life, and it's really beautiful. Um, I also really like the Brony documentary. Oh yeah, uh-huh. it was like really loving and, mm-hmm. and touching, and like you know, like I kind of I put it on like I don't want to see a documentary making fun of these people for just enjoying something, and it's totally not. It's totally like fully embracing yeah. these people. So that was one of my favorites. I like that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That that is a good one. We watched yeah. that one, and uh, as someone who watches a lot of My Little Ponies now, <laughs> I mean, it's a fine show. Yeah. I I thoroughly enjoy My Little Pony. Of the things Charlie could be watching, it's not anywhere close to the bottom of that list exactly. for me. <laughs> Equestria Girls is another story, but oh, that's no. not that's not for this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, well, thank you, sisters, and I will leave you to go enjoy your documentaries now. Well, thanks. I'm gonna go watch. There's an. Oh, go ahead. What are you gonna oh, go no, watch? I'm gonna go check out the all the, the. I didn't realize that was a series of Shane Dawson ones, so I'll, I'll go get caught up on that. There's so many. There's a new one about Grey Gardens that's come out with more footage. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Called like That Summer, I think is what it's called. But it's like oh, it's man. like more stuff. I don't know. Anyway, more that's stuff. my next documentary. Nice. Uh, all right. Well, thank you. Thank you, listeners, for, for I was saying tuning in, but that's like so old school. We're not a radio tuning. station. Nobody's tuning anything. Thank you Maybe for click, clicking on. Clicking. Downloading. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, you should check out MaximumFun.org for a lot of wonderful podcasts that you are sure to enjoy. And you can email us at stillbuffering at MaximumFun.org if you have thoughts or suggestions or comments or questions. And you can tweet at us at stillbuff. And uh, can I mention real quick that we have a book out? Woohoo! I mean, we. No, I mean, not yeah. well. You not still buffering. Well, like Taylor and I do. Everyone but me on this podcast. So two thirds of us. Podcast. <laughs> We have a book uh, about, it's about another podcast that I do called the Sawbones book. 
it's about medical history and it's funny and Taylor drew some uh, beautifully and also grotesquely wonderful pictures <laughs> in this book so you should check out uh, the Sawbones book yeah please you should buy it go do it if you want to I bought I mean, 12 if you want to. did you really? really I didn't I bought one Oh, oh well, I appreciate that. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, for, thank you for your support. You're welcome. Um, and thank you to the novellas for our theme song, "Baby Change Your Mind." This has been still buffering a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy, and I'm Taylor Smurl. I am a teenager, and and I, I was, was two two. What's a group of teens called? A, a Nintendo of teens. <laughs> <laughs> a pizza A skateboard That was my <laughs> next word A skateboard of teens Welcome everyone to the live wrestling spectacular in Los Angeles. So far, the world's most boring wrestling podcast has been destroying the competition. Isn't there anyone who can save us from this travesty? Wait, could it be? It's Tights and Fights, the perfect wrestling podcast. Tights and Fights is here to save us from the monotony of boring wrestling podcasts with hilarious conversations. Woke trips through the history of wrestling. And joke about the finer points of people wearing spandex. What a match! And the Tights and Fights podcast will be back every week. Thursdays on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. Please, these hosts have families. Tights and Fights podcast. Tights and Fights. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.